Yeah, it was perfect. Perfect geeky preamble. Super about, nerdy like, preamble about like deep, graphics cards. Deep dive fucking graphics card, like fucking like 3D design nerdery, and now it's all gone. We do stuff like that, and then like people just stop listening to the podcast. We're like, I don't give a shit about your 3D fucking graphics horseshit. That's a separate podcast. That's just the stuff that you fade the music in over, anyways. Just it is like background noise rambles. It's true. It is true. Well, we're back here, and it's Dance Robot Dance, guys. Welcome back to episode. This is 235. Oh no, my notes are gone. Where did they go? There they oh, are. We're already we're already well off the rails. Yeah, nothing's going right. I'm Mark. I'm here with my hetero life mate Tim. Say hello. Hi, folks. Uh, well, we're gonna talk about nerdy stuff tonight. Probably the nerdiest franchise is gonna get dissected tonight. It, but it's you know it's time to wrap up 2020. Welcome a new president into the White House and complain about Star Trek, as is Dance Robot Dance tradition <laughs> now. I'm just going to declare that tradition now. Sure. So first, we're going to go into some nerdy news. First, not so nerdy news. I'm the strictest atheist on the planet, probably. But like, I can, with great conviction, say thank God Joe Biden was sworn in as the president this week, along yeah. with like a Senate majority and a House majority. Goodbye, Donald Trump. May yeah. the rest of your days be filled with lawsuits, backstabbing, and hopefully some jail time. Hopefully your Diet Coke and McDonald's fuel garbage dump of a body fails completely and you die miserable, alone, and humiliated. Yep. <sighs> it's going to be interesting. Like, he's... He, Nicole, go fuck yourself. Yeah. I'm just... Like, I can't wait to watch you squirm as the minority leader for a couple years. It's going to be <laughs> glorious. Yeah. You know he's going to... Like, Trump's going to, like, start letting himself go and we're going to start, like, seeing pictures through the fence at Mar-a-Lago where he's just, like, laying by the pool, like, gut hanging out and all that shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to oh. be... It's going to be... I'm... Like with great relish, this like the Schadenfreude is real of yeah. watching all of that just kind of like go away now, and that's like the best part is that, like I'm going to talk about it. It's going to be like my geek cred, I think this week. Like just being able to unplug and realize that there are adults at the table now, yeah. and just be you know like I can I don't have to look at the news all fucking day and worry about a catastrophe anymore, right? Yeah, fantastic. Also, one last thing: there are dogs in the White House again. Everything is good. Dogs and a cat. And a cat? I didn't know they had a cat. I know they got a rescue dog. Yeah, there's, I think, two dogs, one of which is a rescue major, and I can't remember what the other one's name is. Yeah, that's fine. We'll figure it out eventually. The first puppies are always, you know, it's always nice to just see a guy in charge of everything who likes dogs. And they gave them their their own inauguration, and they called it an inauguration. Oh, I love it. That's that's how you get, you know, people like me engaged. You put the dogs (laughs) out front. That's the way it should work. Yeah. Never trust somebody that won't fucking, yeah, that doesn't have a dog. Yeah, people that don't know dogs can't trust those motherfuckers, you know what I mean? Yeah. The dogs can sense the no soul. Oh, exactly. So, there's that. Which I guess kind of kills all my cred in terms of, like, being evil and having no soul, because, like, (laughs) dogs fucking, like, flock to me. I'm like a, like, the dog whisperer. Yeah, you're just one of those big, like, metal softies, or... Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Hard exterior with a, you know, soft interior, mushy interior. I just really like pit bulls a lot. Like, I'm a big fan of pit bulls, so there's that. But, like, most dogs, almost all dogs work on me. Gordon worked on me, and, like, yeah. yeah. And I don't usually like little dogs, but Gordon, he's, he's, he's got a particular charm. Yeah. He's got a particular charm. Yeah, so there's that. Uh, let's get into the actual news. So, first, it looks like they could be reviving the corpse of Batman the Animated Series. That, I mean, that's a rumor that's been going around for years. We'll see if it actually holds any water this time. So like this, the the reason why I'm bringing it up is because it actually like Kevin Smith brought it up on Fat Man Beyond or whatever, like, mm-hmm. and was like I, he's heard it too, and from reliable sources, and was like I think it's actually happening, hmm. like it's not just one of those things, like because he's in show business, right? He knows people. 
I assume as long as they get Deany and Tim on board, then you know I'll I'll buy in. I'm that's pretty basically where I'm at. I think I, I will they be able to get Hamill back? Do you think? Like, do you do that show without Hamill at this point? Uh, I mean, he's not doing all. You know, he's done with Star Wars now, so sure, maybe I mean, he's probably not doing anything else. He's probably looking. You know, he he was clearly happy to return to Luke, so maybe he'd be happy to return to Joker too. Let's hope so. If they actually do this and it's on HBO Max and stuff, I mean, that for me, like, I want to say no in terms of just like, don't fucking touch that yeah. anymore. You know what I mean? Like, leave that. That's sacred. Just leave it. But at the same time, but like, you can, like, it's animation, right? And that's kind of Kev's point also was like, you can just pick up and start going again, right? Yeah. Like, it's not as big a thing as like, oh, we're coming back 20 years later. Everybody's 20 years older. The other people who are older are a bunch of voice actors. Like, Oh no! So and we just saw that they can convincingly de-age Hamill's voice for yeah. uh, for Mandalorian. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it, and I mean, if it's you know, take an example that we've had in the last what five years of X Files that you know the revamp was wishy washy, like not met with the best reviews. You know, it, that that doesn't necessarily lessen the original run, you can still go back to that and watch it and just ignore that the later stuff exists. I mean, the original run lessened itself by the it's end true. also. So like Batman, the animated series never like fell off. Yeah. yeah like never fell off that cliff. So yeah. Yeah, David Duchovny was just like, uh, I only want to do two episodes this season. So yeah, can you do the rest of it without me. <laughs> yeah. And I'll be here for the movie. If they do a movie, you know what I mean? He was that guy. Yeah. I like yeah. the movie though. I like both. I like both movies. There's two of those, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. yeah I, I don't remember the second as well as the first one, but I like the first one. The uh, first one was Fight the Future, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was solid. Yeah. One of, the, one of these days we'll have to talk about the X Files somehow. I don't know how we frame that without yeah, watching like 48 million years of TV <laughs> kind of thing, but it is one of those shows that like you and I probably both watched a fucking lot of watched, growing yeah, up. I, watched all of it. I wonder if I watched on. everything. If it's on Disney Plus, because it was a Fox show, I'm sure it'll be there. If not there, Hulu eventually, right? Like they yeah, own Hulu yeah, yeah. now. Because they haven't really announced what they're doing with Hulu yet. Either way, yeah. moving on, we're just staying in Warnerland because it's just like the place where ideas, like good ideas, go to die or whatever. So Willy Wonka, apparently, there's going to be a prequel that nobody wants and is still happening. I'm not. Then they just do Willy Wonka. Like then Tim Burton just do this nonsense. I mean, that was a while ago at this point. Okay, what the fucking, the fucking Johnny Depp one was, I want to say 10 years ago at this point. Was it really? Okay. It feels way more like recent than that. But I apparently they're making a prequel to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory that will focus on his, on Willy Wonka's younger days. <sighs> Fine. I, I mean, I mean, whatever. I don't have to see it. So like, do what you want, I guess. But I just make something new. Yeah. Holy shit. That movie's 15 years old. The Johnny oh, Depp, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It's 15 fucking years when old. When did that come out? 2005. 16 oh. years old now. Wow. But yeah, I have no real interest in this. I mean, is it even... Unless it's actually based on a Roald Dahl story, but I don't think there was a you know, prequel to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory book. So, eh. Doesn't look like it. I don't, yeah, whatever. I just, I just, yeah, there's not a lot of news this week, so. <laughs> it's a little thin. It was a little thin. There's going to be a Batgirl on Titans, so apparently Savannah Welch, who was on a bunch of shows that I didn't watch, including Six, Tree of Life, and Boyhood, and I believe is also disabled, if I'm reading this correctly. 
but he's a dis- disability advocate. Either way, is going to be stepping into the Barbara Gordon role, and apparently they're going to go older. She's not going to be back. She'll be former Batgirl kind of thing. We're going into Oracle yeah. kind of territory. So like, I almost oh, makes me. Does that mean I have to watch the season of fucking Titans? <laughs> I mean, I'll end up watching it even if it's just to see if it gets any better. But I mean, Oracle's a great fucking character, and there's tons oh, absolutely of good stories that they could pull from in terms of if they want to even if they want to base a whole season around that character maybe like bring in some birds of prey kind of thing or something like that uh with um with dove or something that would that'd be all be fucking cool to do i'd just be on board for them to like get rid of all the other titans and just go like hey we have a barbara gordon and we have a dick grayson let's go do those two as adventures (laughs) we can call it titans by accident because that's where the show started but like that's a way more interesting show to me than what they've been doing on Titan so far. Yeah. But that show, I mean, season two, did you ever watch season two? Oh, I watched season two of Titans. Yeah. Mm, what did you think of that? It's sloppy. Yeah. It's a piece of shit. Eh? I mean, it, it's like it, it had highs, but it was nowhere near as good as the first season for sure. That last episode. Would, <sighs> yeah. Anyway, but anyways, uh, but Savannah Welch is, he has had her right leg amputated. So oh, I guess she has prosthetic on her right leg. So, you know, we'll definitely it, it's I think it's cool that they're, you know, specifically went and found a, you know, a disabled actress to play Barbara Gordon. That's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Good for good representation. Yeah. I mean, we, we did have Professor X in his wheelchair, but that's true. That's true. But I don't think uh, Patrick Stewart can walk, so like it's a little different. It's true. Yeah. So there's that. I guess this Godzilla versus King Kong movie, like that has been bouncing around the release schedule, ha- has been like announced is finally coming out March 26th on HBO Max as well as theaters. Mm-hmm. So great! I get to watch Godzilla at home in March. Yay! Yeah. I still have not watched any of those new Godzilla movies. So at one point I'll, I'll like get in the mood and I'll probably just grab them all and sit down on a Saturday or Sunday or, and just watch all of them or something. Yeah. Uh, get stoned or get drunk or something. That's they definitely get stoned material. The first one, I wonder how it would play now. Cause I'm a much bigger Elizabeth Olsen fan now than I was when that movie came out. Mm-hmm. So maybe I would enjoy it more now. Cause when it first came out, like, like the characters, the humans, it's the transformers problem, right? Like the humans yeah. in the story. I was like, I don't care about any of this horse shit. <laughs> why is, why is Godzilla? Just the, show me the kaiju? Yeah. Like I watched the Japanese ones growing up. So like, I'm used to like a lot of Godzilla action. So when it's like, he's on screen for seven minutes in a two hour and like 15 minute movie or whatever, I'm like, mm-hmm. boo, which is something they rectified in the sequel. Like there's much more like, kaiju action in the sequel but there's still a bunch of like the mom from the conjuring movies no it's not even the mom it's the lady who plays what is the warrens like she plays i want to say elizabeth ward but that's one of the the, yeah you know the warrens like the 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 ghost hunting couple or whatever the the woman the woman whoever whoever plays her in the conjuring movies and then 11 from fucking stranger things is in this movie and they're just like bobby brown neither of them are very good in it so it's just the two of them screaming at each other a lot it's like oh <laughs> i'm glad it's like 45 minutes of godzilla shit in this movie because it kind of makes up for the mom and daughter screaming at each other but all right yeah cool. but i'll watch the new one because i like watching monsters fight it's fun moving on to like getting out of warner stuff and into disney slash marvel stuff again thin news week ethan hawk's going to be playing the villain in moon knight that apparently also stars oscar isaac although we haven't actually got that confirmed yet but 
I'll take Ethan Hawke doing stuff. He's been in lots of yeah. amazing shit, and he's yeah, awesome. I like so. Ethan Hawke. He's a cool dude, and seems to. Uh, and he's never really done much in the. Com- I mean, he's done tons of like sci-fi stuff. Oh yeah, man, uh, Gattaca. Gattaca. Come on, Gattaca and what's the? I can't remember what it's called, but or uh, Daywatch or something like that. There's like oh a, yeah, yeah, that, yeah I remember. that vampire uh, sci-fi yep. movie that was pr- pretty solid too. So he does. He not in? He's in a bunch of in a, in a horror movie too. Is, was he Baba Duke? Was that him? I want to say that was him. Mm, no, he's been in lots of genre stuff in the last ten years, and has always been kind of a genre guy. So like. It's almost like fitting that he finally gets wrapped into the MCU somehow, kind of thing. It's almost like when what's his name was the bad guy in Doctor Strange, yeah. the guy from Hannibal. It's like, oh fuck, yeah, finally you catched him. Yeah, Mads, yeah. And it's yeah. interesting that that Marvel seems to be leaning more into the older villains, like they have the Michael Keaton and Spider Man, uh, Mads, who's I mean he's probably forty something or whatever. Yeah, oh, yeah. movies and uh, Ethan Hawke, who's fucking like fifty one now. Yeah, uh, like that's yeah. fucking that weird. Like that does that not fuck you up? It does. Like the, Ethan Hawke yeah. is like in his fifties. So I was like, wait, well, he's what? born in seventy, but yeah. uh, you know, so it makes sense. You know, it's just he was he was the guy that you know we probably looked to when we were in like our teens as, and he was like in early twenties. You know, we were watching shit reality like reality bites, yeah, and shit, shit like yeah. reality bites and Gattaca and stuff like that when we were in high school. Thinking yeah. like, man, this guy's cool and he's not that much older than us, but in reality, he's like a fucking decade older than us. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess that's kind of like Rocky was like that too, because like he's like exactly ten years older than us, basically. So like whenever I I like I always think of him as around my age, but it's like no, he's ten years older than me. Like he's in his fifties and shit now. Rocky, Dwayne, Dwayne oh, the Rock. Okay, the Rock. Yeah, the Rock. <laughs> I was thinking like fucking Sly Stallone is definitely no. Like, you know, he's like nine hundred. I don't know how fucking old he is either way. <laughs> he looks like he's about fucking ninety seven, but he's probably yeah, like sixty something. I, I thought he was in pretty good shape last time I saw him, but you know whatever. Fuck, that fucking face though. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Sly, but Sly's always looked like that. You know what I mean? It's not like that's changed it's at true. all. He's just gotten older. His face looked like it's been, it's been melting since he's been in his 20s. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, fine. Hey, you made a career out of it, so what are you going to do? It's true. I take it. I take his fucking bank account right now. <laughs> Let me tell you what. Yeah. The last thing I wanted to talk about that I had in here was, like, last week we talked about Chris Evans possibly coming back to Captain America. Apparently it was news to him, because that's exactly what he tweeted. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean... Mm. If he comes back, he comes back. If he doesn't, he doesn't. What are you going to do? We got a good run. It's also probably one of those things where, like, you know, if it is happening, he's in active discussions. And so he doesn't want to let anything slip. He doesn't want to, you know, make it look like he's really excited about it because then he knows that or then Disney knows they can get him for less and that kind of thing. And I mean, we also just did this with um, what they did. Tuck down uh, Yeah, yeah he was going to say the, Hulk, the She-Hulk stuff where it's like, oh, we just magically... She said no, and then two weeks later, it's like, oh, hey, guess what? It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. I see you. I see what you did. Yeah, that was it for me. So unless uh, you have anything else, we can move on to Geek of the Week. Uh, the only thing that got me kind of excited this week is that the, all of the original Muppet Show episodes are coming to Disney+. Plus. Oh yeah, I saw that. That's cool. So, I mean, like with oh, all, awesome. you because know, I I ended up like grew up watching those in yeah, me too. Uh, in in reruns uh, over and over and over again. You know, with all those like fucking seventies and eighties like uh, movie stars and, and like stuff. That. Yeah, and, yeah. So that'll that'll be a fun one to go back and revisit. I, you know, I don't know that I'll sit down and do like a full binge watch or anything, but like you know, I'll pick some ones that have cool guests and stuff like that and rewatch those. Yeah. I might actually sit down and watch that at some point because I, I, yeah, I similarly grew up watching that show um, in reruns and stuff. We were, we all watched that. That's cool. Uh, yeah, so Geek of the Week time. Geek of the Week. 
Uh, this is the segment where we tell each other the nerdiest thing we did this week. I'm going to start because mine's pretty thin. Again, um, I got Hyrule Warriors and I've started playing it, but I don't have like an opinion formed on it yet. Mm. It looks good as far as I can tell so far. I'm only sp- I think I spent like an hour with it. I need to sit down and like give myself time. And that's part of like my geek cred or yeah, we're still talking about geek cred, which is like unplug a little bit and let yourself do other shit as opposed to watching the like doom scrolling, mm-hmm. which has been like a bad habit of mine this year or last the past year. In COVID times, you can say. Yeah, exactly. Since quarantine started, basically. During the time of plague. Yeah, exactly. Time, <laughs> Jesus. Hopefully the Monty Python guys write something before uh, all this is over. <laughs> it's been interesting to have a, a, a Monty Python in the time of plague. But either way, yeah, no. So I got Age of Calamity. I'm fiddling with it. Uh, I will probably report in more next week about it. Uh, but I did pick it up, so we'll see. Yeah, Alicia hasn't actually started really playing our copy yet. I mean, she played the demo when it came out, but she's been doing other stuff. Rather, you know, we've been playing around more with getting more of our consoles hooked up. We got the GameCube hooked up this week, so the only one that's outstanding now is the Wii. Now, can I ask you a question about the GameCube? I have a specific question I need to ask you. Yeah. Do you have Rogue Squadron Three? No, there's only we only have like the only games that we have for GameCube are Zelda games. So Wind Waker that like legend of Zelda collection that has like three or four of the old games. Mm-hmm. And then I think the four swords adventures is the other one. Do yourself a favor. They're probably expensive now, but if you can find a copy, that's not like ridiculously expensive, grab yourself a copy of rogue squadron. It oh. is my favorite flight sim, like X-wing game ever. Basically is the, the first rogue squadron that came out for GameCube is so fucking great. Like it was one of my favorite games of all time. I'll keep an eye out for it. Yeah, so if you see it somewhere, like you can get it from Mark or something like that, absolutely do, because it is dope as shit. So, Sam, what was your Geek of the Week? Uh, because, you know, a lot of stuff is sort of in between seasons right now, and, and we're going to be thin on TV for a while, I've been able to go back and catch up on some TV. So, I finally sat down and watched the last season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the series finale season Like a lot of late season comic book shows, a lot of it just kind of ended up being more and more kind of convoluted as things went on. Like Coulson was a robot and he like died like three times during the season. They kept bringing him back in new bodies. They like made a new timeline. They they were like introducing brand new characters and villains with like a few episodes left in the series. So there's a lot of stuff that had me squinting real hard, but like it also brought in the idea of like multiple timelines in the multiverse, which is obviously something phase four is going to go into in more depth. They're talking about like using the quantum realm to move between them. So I'm like, okay, cool. Like that's more confirmation that that's, you know, going to be what connects the multiverses and that kind of thing. And it had some like solid, like, like all these shows like arrow did, like it had some nice satisfying like character moments in the finale you know it was nice to get some closure on on some characters and stuff they did bring back fuck what's the dude's name the uh dude with the prosthetic leg from agents or from agent uh carter oh i i can't remember anymore Susa. Man, i watched agent Susa. carter okay yeah i watched agent carter like 300 years ago and i never watched much more than like c two seasons of shield i think i couldn't yeah, yeah just so, so they they do that kind of trope where they like pull him out of the time stream like right before he's supposed to die yeah so like it's like okay everybody just assumes that he's dead but in reality he's able to have this kind of like life after death or whatever with the with shield and ends up him and daisy 
Quake end up being together by the end and stuff. And okay, so it's nice to see enough. him like have his happy ending after he kind of got the shaft with Agent Carter. Yeah. Did Adrian Palicki ever come back and do any more? No, that was one. That was the one thing I really did wish was that they brought back some of the one. Well, yeah, that they brought back some of those characters that left in, in the earlier seasons, yeah. um, you know, especially because they were bouncing through time. So they definitely had, you know, ways that they could have incorporated even the characters that died. Yeah, you know, they could have like gone back and, and met up with them or, or observe them or something like that. Interact with them somehow anyways. And they didn't do that. And the other thing I really wish that they'd done was like brought like a legit MCU villain in for the final like final, you know, arc, at least, you know, the last you know, like, few stories instead of just dropping like it was the son of one of the founders of S.H.I.E.L.D. or something like that that they dropped on us. Oh, OK. And yeah. I was like, this is just fucking weak. So like, yeah. Could have been better, but you know, I, I feel good that I've like experienced it all. It's probably not a series I'll ever go back and watch the whole thing of again, but I might pick some episodes here and there. Like, you know, if I'm doing an MCU rewatch, I might Fair, yeah. do like some of those uh, episodes, like the Hydra time, episodes and yeah, stuff that tie yeah. into uh, Civil War uh, and that, or uh, Winter so, Soldier, Winter Soldier, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. Fair. It's funny because, like, I mean, we haven't really talked about like WandaVision. Uh, premiered last Friday. I probably should have said that in the news, but I mean, everybody knows WandaVision came out. Yeah. Um, it's funny that like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it just feels like the old way of doing things now, basically. You know what I mean? Like having the network tie-in that doesn't really tie in just because like, oh, this way it's Marvel branded and it's on TV and people might watch it kind of thing. Yeah. Whereas like now we're like deep diving into like, hey, you we're going to watch shows. this if you want to know yeah, what's like, going on. In the but it's also like, it's me. It's not like Agent Coulson who we've revived and like now we're giving him like a bunch of sidekicks that nobody really cares about except for the hot lead because she was the hot lead right yeah and then it, but like now we've got fucking elizabeth olsen and paul bettany actually playing superhero characters on tv shows and it's like oh uh, this is real now like this is the way the world works now like that shit feels like like antiquated yeah to me now and it's almost, so funny so. too like everybody's saying like oh we man we haven't had anything like mcu in like a year and a half or whatever is like well there was actually just nobody really watched it you know this yeah, season of well, tv came out like fall last year <laughs> i'm as diehard an mcu guy as there is probably and like i like the, the fact that i have no interest in agents of shield is pretty telling i think yeah. you know what i mean like i'm a diehard diehard marvel guy and i like after a couple seasons of that show i was like this has no point there's no it, connection real connection to really to go hard on the inhuman shit too <laughs> oh um, yeah the inhumans didn't help anything which is because they're just what well, that's just one of my like marvel pet peeves is the uh once a decade, we're gonna make Inhumans the new X Men. I'm I'm so glad this that shit's over. Like I'm so glad the X Men are home with Marvel now, so that, like they don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. Like they could just like oh we want to make anytime somebody says like oh we need to make the Inhumans the new X Men, he's like no, we already have all of the X Men is ours again. We could just make X Men. Fuck off with your Inhumans horse shit. So <laughs> I will say it was nice they uh, did. You know, Fitz had been absent the last season, but in like the last couple episodes, they Fitz and Simmons had their little reunion, and it uh, turned out like they'd, you know, there's there there was like some fun little like time travel shit. Like they ended up having a kid that they just kind of kept secret because they did it kind of like in a time limbo area sort of thing, and so they, oh, okay. we didn't know it had happened until like the very last episode when basically the threat was neutralized and then they reveal that this kid exists because they were trying to protect the kid so nobody else would know about it you know so it wouldn't like 
yeah. So there's some some nice, like I said, nice little character moments, and I always like. That's one of the reasons that I like seeing shows through to the end that I've been invested in at any time because I just like to see where the characters end up, you know, kind of right. how their arcs end off. Awesome. So it is meat of the episode time. Meat of the episode. Meat made from recycled shit. <sighs> so I have no framework for this whatsoever. <laughs> We're just going to have a conversation about a couple Star Trek shows that happened in the last couple months. <clears throat> We're going to, I think maybe we'll start. Peel the Band-Aid off. You want to just fucking start with Discovery and then we can yeah. talk about Lower Decks? Because, like, I'm curious about how you felt about Lower Decks overall, but let's talk about Discovery first. So, Season 3 of Discovery happened, and we've... Okay, I do we want to summarize the plot as to where we were when we got, like, get up oh, to this God point? damn it. <laughs> like, I mean, basically, you just need to know that, like, at the end of Season 2 of Discovery like the show Discovery, the ship Discovery got sent forward 900 years into the 31st century, like because of control, like the AI thing, they were trying to avoid the, some well, information, the, the sphere, the data, sphere data that's yeah. on Disco- in Discovery's computer, but needed like control needed it. So they need to get sent past controls point yeah. of whatever. So they get sent a thousand years into the future by captain Pike, who was the bomb that helped me get through season two. It is not present now. <laughs> 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 yeah. So season three starts with basically Michael Burnham crash lands on a planet a, a thousand years into the past and has to make do in a world where there is no Federation or the Federation has collapsed for various reasons. Discovery shows up the next episode, which will show you who's the most important thing on this show <laughs> right there. Because basically they show back up and their first question is, is it's like, where's Poochie? So where's Michael? <laughs> like, oh, God. All right, cool. So yeah, season three, it's the crew of the Discovery adapting barely to the 31st century and then taking the now dilithiumless Federation um, who have like now because they have no warp drive anymore. uh, So the spore drive becomes like a big deal again because they can now communicate with inside the Federation and get the Federation members all back together and a bunch of other crap happens. Most of it's terrible. (sighs) What do you want? I don't know where you want to start. It's just like it's there's like a frustrating season of television because like in the first couple episodes where they were like establishing the setting and we're like hey we're gonna show you the new like 31st century toys and like this is what the world is and here's your emerald chain and they're probably gonna be the bad guy for the rest of the year even though it's a terrible idea everything revolves around still everything still revolves around michael burnham you know what i mean like to the point where at the end of the season like i i'm almost done with the show because of it I know it's it's just you know they want to do this you know they they set out with Discovery to do this thing where they were going to be like we're going to make the lead character you know not not a, a bridge member right not a bridge yeah member. or a captain gonna, yeah, yeah not or- a captain basically you know we're going to show you Starfleet from the point of view of like someone in like the middle ranks or whatever and then like by the end of the first season she was practically fucking bridge crew second season she's fucking like I mean she's always. You know, basically the, the first officer. Yeah, she's been the XO the whole time. So like, not bridge crew. Yeah, right. Like you're the XO. You're always going to be on the bridge. So yeah. So it's like here we're gonna. Here's what we're gonna do to differentiate the show from the other track that you've seen. Except we're gonna fucking like just go like depart from that every fucking chance that we get. And there's the fucking insubordination. Every like two like, every like every, every two, two episodes. episodes. Yeah. Every two episodes. Yeah. Every two episodes. She's going off. It's it's just a fucking loop. It's like fucking Burnham g- does goes directly against orders and then gets chastised 
and then they trust her again. And then she fucking like goes off and does her own fucking thing again. And then she gets chastised again and it just gets worse and worse and worse. And then somehow by the end of the fucking season, she's captain. Well, I mean, like we can, we want to talk about rank. They, they gave a cadet who's been out of the, like an ensign oh, who's been out of the Academy for like two years, the XO position on the bridge. And you know, I, and hate, I'm like, I hate the term fan service, but like, it's so fucking clear that that's what it was. Cause Tilly has yeah. been a super popular character and she's a yep. fantastic character. I love, yep. I love Tilly. I love the actress that plays her. She's Wesley done. Right. Fine. Like yeah. they did the Wesley character. Right. Like yeah. I can, I mean, I don't like her particularly, but like I can dig that at least at like for what little they give all these characters to do. You know and I mean, I want to talk a little bit about like the way, like the bridge crew whose names I'm not sure of, you know what I mean? Like I know one and shit like that. Well, it's like, I know there's a dude named something, like there is a name I know, but then there's two dudes. One is black and one is Asian. I'm not sure which one the name applies to. Right. I know who the two women at the ops and con stations are like that's Detmer and Oko. Oh, I can't even pronounce her name, but Oko basically they keep calling her like yeah. Oko is a short form. So I know those two, but at the same time, like I like the Detmer actress. I've actually, like she, she's apparently she's with the actress who plays the white lesbian hockey player on Letterkenny. Oh, okay. Like that are involved. I don't know because they're they share Instagram for some reason. Because I'm with a tagger and a drawing, and she's with this other person. Anyway, um, so like I know like those two, but like I don't know anything about these characters whatsoever. And this is supposed to be an ensemble show. What ensemble? Like we've got f- the fucking the extra dude who would pop in to replace Wesley when he walked away from the con. <laughs> seem to have more character focus than these people who we we have names for and do stuff. But like I don't know anything about them, and it's just like. Like we know, we know Tilly. So she's the XO now. Isn't everybody on the bridge yeah. who rank outranks her like fuming right now? Like I would be furious. And like they just point. they just backseated some of the most interesting characters. The I mean, the characters that I found the most interesting, like Stamets and Culber, their whole arc has been. Has I was been, gonna make a joke about how the most interesting characters from last year have been given their own show and are well, gonna yeah, do straight roles, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like Stamets and Culber have like fucking virtually nothing to do this season, except like Stamets kind of ends up like a daddy figure to Adira. Yeah, and and I mean that's fine, but like besides that, like they're some of the characters that I most liked watching. Like they, it's a great representation of like a a fucking gay space couple or whatever. And then like, yeah, but we need to spend more time with this. Michael. And, well, with Michael and, and book basically. Michael, mostly Michael. Yeah. Um, actually, no, I was probably by midpoint of the season. The only reason I kind of kept watching was because of Culper. He's now my favorite character on the show. Basically yeah. the doctor. I mean, that's not unprecedented because my sure. favorite character on the original series McCoy. is McCoy. Yeah. So like, that's not unprecedented, but <laughs> at the same time, it's been a while since that's happened on a trick show. Lower Decks has a fucking great doctor, too. Their doctor's fucking awesome. I really <laughs> like their doctor. I like almost every character on Lower Decks, though. Like, I'm kind of on board with Lower Decks in terms of just, like, I don't have to think about this. This is just them, like, pouring Star Trek funny in my brain. I don't, like, you know what I mean? It's not new or anything groundbreaking. Yeah. Um, and then you were talking about this show supposed to show us, like, what the underclass, like, but not the underclass, but, like, the... the lo- yeah, the lower decks. <laughs> the lower ranks. Yeah, yeah. The, what the lower ranks are like. Lower decks, the cartoon show that's a joke, does a, does better, a better job yeah. of that than Discovery, which was supposed to do that this whole time, and just has done a piss-poor job of it, like, from beginning yeah. to end. You brought up Stamets and Culber, so that's... I, I wanted to talk about 
Well, like Stamets, he's insufferable as he's ever been this year. He is, but like, but he's I, a little can, softer, but like, he's still like, yeah. all right, this is a lot. But he's still like, I can, I can appreciate that. Like, I know people like that that are so smart, but know that they're that fucking smart and are yeah. just that fucking insufferable because of it. So, I mean, grad school is fucking full of those people. Academia is fucking full of those people. So I can absolutely identify with those having to interact and, and put up with that bullshit. Yeah. You should try it when you're just a graphic designer, putting up with like <laughs> academics and shit. But I loved working on, on campus for like the fun of it, but sometimes dealing with like professors and department heads and stuff is just like, yeah. I was like, listen, I know you're really smart at like, but you can't design for kinesiology and shit or whatever, but like get the fuck <laughs> away from me. Yeah, for Jim, I guess. I don't, know. I don't know why that's the first one that popped in my head. It's like, I know you're really smart, like business or whatever the fuck Brock's known for, but like, I, like I've like i been doing this for a while. Like, can you just let me do the design side of shit? But anyway, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed those two characters. I, I liked, I have a bunch of lore problems in terms of like Adira being able to like accept a fucking trail symbiote. Well, I mean, at least they addressed it. You know, they said, yeah. like, this is weird. It shouldn't have happened. It's causing problems kind of thing. Yeah. And, like, you know. But, like, all of that would have been so much better if either of the two actors involved could act. And, like, I feel yeah, bad because, yeah. like, I'm piling on to, like, the, like, the representation characters. But, like, they're both pretty abysmal actors, <laughs> actually. So, like, the story stuff they were doing with them, like, I, I had no, especially Adira, I had no connection with that character at all. You know what I mean? Like, I almost didn't care. Yeah. I was I was okay with Adira for the most part. There were a couple points where I found that character to be a little grating or whatever. I just um, found her flat all the time, like just like they, like I didn't care them. at all. Damn, sorry. Yes, I I can agree with that to some, to an extent. They they were kind of flat, but I think that was I don't know. I don't know if that that was a choice or if that was just the actor. But Gray was just fucking awful. Yeah, just just dreadful acting. Acting. Uh, overall, I just, unfortunately, I don't know. I think it's I think it's funny because they actually had a pretty good example of uh, a, a newly joined Trill acting yeah. scattered and being weird on Deep Space Nine, and they could have referenced Ezri's like plight a little bit more, right? Because I thought Nicole DeBoer did a pretty good job of like she had that thrust upon her. She wasn't getting ready to be joined or anything like that, and like dealing with being a joined Trill is apparently like a big fucking headache and shit. Mm-hmm. And they, I felt like they could have played that more with this character, but like the act, I don't know if the actress could have done it. It was, you know what and, I mean? Like if the actor couldn't do it and the actor can't do it. So they won't. Right. And there's also like, you know, it's great to have representation for sure, but there's a point at which it becomes stereotypical. And gray, for instance, is like the name that all trans people like joke about as being like the stereotypical trans name that people, you know, that people adopt when they decide that they're, trans or you know agender whatever kind of thing it's, yeah you know that is just like one of the default names that people that people go for and so you know i it just seems lazy in terms of the writing to to go that route well i mean like lazy writing and discovery kind of go well that's the fucking thing you know and hand in hand it's still gorgeous to look at the production yeah. design and effects are still fucking great and it's they did a lot of cool shit with the tech in terms of jumping forward a thousand years like what 500 years past any trek series that we've seen before 
More, actually. So, probably like something like 900 years past any Trek series we've seen uh, before. Uh, uh, well, because we should be in the 25th, 25th century in Picard. But yeah, like, so that's six, so 600 years something. Yeah, six yeah. or 700 years. Either way. But like, um, yeah, but like even... See, my problem then, that like even then, like showing us the future stuff, like they didn't do enough showing us the future stuff. Like, it, and it all felt kind of... Ha- like all the ships are like smooth surface, half-baked kind of designs... Like nothing really felt like completely cohesive yet. It just felt like they're on a bunch of white sets. I'm like, well, this is the future. It's all white. <laughs> Everything's yeah. chrome and white now. Yeah. That's good. like great, cool, but like no, more no edges. That? Everything's smooth, even smoother yeah. than it was before. And but it's just like it felt stagnant. Like if you're gonna move, like, especially Star Trek, like the technology moves so fast on that show, right? Like, well, you, like and, the, you know, there was like the personal transporters, the heads-up displays, all that kind of stuff. But all that like stuff was like all, was all borderline available at the end of like Nemesis, basically. By the end of Voyager, most of that technology is like kind of available-ish. So you'd think in the next hundred years, sure, they'd all have that kind of shit available. Yeah, yeah. A thousand years in the future, you think we'd be almost like the queue, like just blinking and shit's happening. But well, how long before this was? I mean, I, the the burn wasn't that like was. They say about a hundred years before we we start in Discovery. Well, yeah, there's obviously going to be stagnation once the burn happens. Yeah, which is the, for our listeners that might not have watched it yet. That's like the event that basically explodes all of the dilithium that was in active warp cores, basically at the time of. I guess all of the dilithium everywhere was rendered but inert at the same time. I they're well, still, they're still finding dilithium everywhere. So there, there was a point where they tried to explain that and say like it was like a ship if it didn't have its warp core engaged, like if it was shut down for maintenance or something like that, and the it was only dilithium that was like actively like inact- doing actively whatever it used or whatever, which still doesn't make sense because like it's not like you know, 80% of the dilithium in the galaxy would be in active use at any given fucking yeah, it's time. Yeah, they're not all, like, you're not going to be putting, like, metric tons of fucking dilithium in use in a warp core all the time. Like, you would have some in storage. So, like, if it all blew up, you would still have dilithium available. They made a bunch of noise about how it, like, affected subspace and stuff, too, which, I mean, if you're not a Star Trek fan, subspace is the phlebotanum that makes everything go, basically. And that's also, like, how they can communicate over really long distances and yeah. everything, too. And so that was why they lost contact with a lot of the, you know, further flung reaches of the of the Federation and shit. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know what else there's to talk about. The thing is, it's just, like, and that's a fucking cool-ass concept. Yeah, they absolutely. Just, they just, ah. Uh, the way that they fucking explain it away in the last uh, two-parter is oh just my God. fucking hot well, see, garbage. And not even, it's like, two-parter. It- so here we go. Like, we get to, like, the half point of the season, and, like, they've set up kind of, like, what's going on. We know where the burn originated from finally. And they'll See, and again, it's all, like, this Michael Burnham-centered stuff where it's, like... The, the Federation is the best and brightest of, like, all worlds. You know what I mean? Yeah. And only Michael Burnham can, like, triangulate where the fucking burn originated from. Really? Like, from the 23rd century is the only person who can manage to do this? Nobody else in all of Starfleet thought to do this. Like, there's never been a greater Starfleet officer than Michael Burnham, is what they're trying to tell us, basically, at this point. Like, Picard, Kurt, Spock, fuck them all. Michael Burnham's number one. But, like, ah. Uh, yeah. So then there's a two-parter about Giorgio. Uh, which is the, the oldest Star Trek joke in the book is on some of the fucking art, like on the, the sets, there would be doors that would be labeled GNDN, goes nowhere, does nothing. Basically just blank doors. The ultimate goes nowhere, does nothing pair of episodes out of <laughs> any of these new Star Trek shows that I've ever seen. Well, it's just meant to set up fucking Section 31 in the most hackneyed-ass way possible. It's like the worst, like... 
but like they didn't even set up section 31 they just kind of put her somewhere they, they just, just pulled her, her off away. the board basically yeah yeah so, so like they can pull her back put her back onto the board wherever they and, feel like it and the most insulting 31. like thing they go back and touch like trek fucking gospel and like yeah. use the guardian of forever to do that like i would have been pissed if they use q and to do that but using the guardian get fucked you assholes that's like <laughs> Jesus himself or some shit. You know what I mean? In Trek, like that episode, you don't touch that fucking episode. They've never touched that episode. That's like the great Star Trek episode. You don't touch that one. You know what I mean? Yeah. And these fucking idiots are like, oh no, we'll just use that to get rid of Giorgio. What? Yeah. Just, what? Just use just, the Guardian of Forever to do that, that bullshit? Yeah. Fuck you. That's, oh. Oh. That's deep cut floor you could have done cool shit with. But instead, it's like we, we have this problem we need to solve. How can we cheaply do it via something like people will recognize? Oh, yeah, that Guardian of Forever episode is really fucking popular. Let's use the Guardian because we can't use Q because he's probably going to show up next year in Picard because Whoopi Goldberg is. So why is just everybody's going to show up now? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's just there's so much potential in this show, but they just need to fucking like throw out their entire writer's room. Oh, my God. Every yeah, story it's... just ends up being convoluted garbage. Like the fact that a mutant fucking Kelpian ends up being the reason for the burn that because he had a fucking tantrum ends up being the reason that all warp travel in the galaxy is impossible and the fucking Federation falls apart. How fucking weak is that? I mean, disappointing it's and anticlimactic is that it's it's so weak and anticlimactic that I'm I don't know if I'm going to watch season four of Discovery, basically. I'm at a point where I feel like it can only go up, but I've, I don't fucking know anymore. There's always more down, Tim. Like, there's just always more down. I don't know. Like, it's just... Did you see those new uniforms? Like, how much worse can it possibly get? Like, a uniform's I, well, fucking I mean, abysmal. You're, you're a big fucking nerd for Star Trek production design. I didn't have the problem with the new uniforms. Oh, they're, they're just, like, hideous Nazi-looking things. Like, they're just so unappealing to look at. <sighs> Yeah, that was just, I don't know. I don't know what else to talk about. It's just like a, a bummer. Do we forget anything? Is there anybody we should mention? Like, Saru was great this year. Saru, Saru, well, Saru's Doug, great until... Well, yeah, I mean, he's great to a point. Doug Jones is good, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. in the role, yeah. but, like, he's written, like, shit, just like every other character that's not Michael Burnham, who's he's also written, written, like, better, shit, but, like, they're written, written like, shit anybody. in different ways. Yeah. Saru got better writing than anybody else did this season, for sure, but that's not fucking saying much. That's yeah. definitely it's... praising by faint damnation. Yeah, basically, which is what we do here on Dance Robot Dance. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, I love Doug Jones and that character. I was so disappointed when it it seemed like they were quasi writing him off at the end of the year to let Michael take over as captain, which, like, it was always you. So, like, is Michael captain and Tilly's her XO? Like, I'm transferring off that ship. Like, <laughs> fucking tomorrow, if that's what, like, like the way that bridge is going to be run, I'm like, I'm out. I'd be like, I don't give a shit if I just came here from the 23rd century and these are the only people that I know. <laughs> Put me somewhere else. You know what I want season four to be? I want season four to be, like... Her and Tilly running the ship alone? Well, no, is, is like, Burnham having, Burnham having to deal with uh, a fucking insubordinate-ass crew who's, like, just following her example. So like, well, you just did what you wanted any fuck, whatever the fucking time you felt like it. And she's got to be like, yeah, you, you got a point. Yeah. How do you how do you make that person captain and have like any authority at all? Exactly. Like, like Burnham should be completely out of Starfleet by this point. Shouldn't, yeah, Burnham, shouldn't be in Starfleet. Burnham should be like fucking off fucking around with book in the, you know, fringes of the galaxy or whatever. With book and grudge. 
it feels like more like that's the show they want to write too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that feels more like what they're interested in doing. Well, and we'll get this into in, into this with lower decks, but like at some point they have to do a fucking non-federation based Star Trek series. They've got to do a fucking like here's what life is like for a civilian or a civilian oh, ship like, and crew or something like that. Oh, you mean like not Starfleet? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, not Starfleet. Yeah. Like, you know, whether it's or even, you know, do a fucking show that's based entirely on an alien race. Like, let's see a fucking show from the point of like a comedy sh- track from the point of view of fucking Ferengi or something. I'd watch the shit out of that. It'd be hilarious. Only if they bring Armin Shimmerman back. Like, <laughs> I will be 100% on board if Quark is back. That's how you get me, though, is like, yeah, yeah. it'd be Grand Nagus Nog. Well, Nog, Nog can't came back. He died. Like Aaron Eisenberg passed away, so like that can't happen. But like you could get Max Grodenchik to come back and play Rom yeah. as Grand Nagus yeah. Rom and have him in Cork, like do stuff. Yeah, just be fun because like I could use some fun. That's like part of the reason why I enjoyed Lower Decks so much. So I'm like, oh yeah, I remember when Star Trek like wasn't just like constantly just uber dour, dour yeah. like maudlin and depressing all the fucking time. Yeah. yeah, that's why I like fucking Lower Decks. <laughs> Before we go, like, start talking about Lord decks, though, because I'm, I'm actually, I'm super curious to see what you thought about it, because I figured you'd hate it. But what else should we wrap up Discovery? What else yeah, can we I'm say about this it. shit? I'm done with it. Yeah, I'm. Uh, it's it's just frustrating to watch, and I think I said it before. I said it on the Mandalorian episode for sure, where it's like it's super frustrating to like to see one of these franchises just treated so fucking right, like just done within an inch of its life properly, and then the other franchise that has just as much money to spend. And like just as much lore to fucking plumb and all that kind of stuff where you could do just as good a show and it's just, it falls flat on his fucking face. And like there, there are three shows in and the best one they've done so far is the fucking animated farce based on Rick and Morty, <laughs> which we'll get to talk about now. You know, like I, I can't, like there's nothing, what else do you talk about? Like, yeah, production design is great. These fucking shows look fantastic. Like everything about them looks great. This, the score is good. Like the Foley's fantastic. Like everything technical about these shows, especially like Picard and Discovery, maybe less so Picard. Picard felt a little bit more slipshod than Discovery does. Discovery's like yeah. the sets are nice. Discovery seemed like probably has a budget. Although they slashed it big time this year, you could tell because it wasn't as like grandiose this year as it had been the last couple. But it's still like it's a they got good assets to work with. It's a good looking show. Yeah. It's just it's failed at the very start by the writers' room that just like doesn't give a shit about Star Trek. Like at all, and when you're building, you know, a fucking beautiful house on a shit foundation, the fucking house is still gonna collapse. Yeah, the house is still gonna fucking cave in on itself. So like, and that's where you are, right? You're like, we're three seasons into this Star Trek show, and usually by three seasons is where we're like, ooh, now it's starting to get good. You know, Cisco shaved his fucking head and got the Defiant. You know, they got good collars and TNG by then. Mm. Breaker's got a beard. Things are happening. You know what I mean? Like, it's exciting to watch at that point. This is just like, like a weekly fucking bout of depression that I have to go through because it's called Star Trek and I want to watch it. And I was just like, no, come on guys. It's pretty depression. It is. It looks really good. And it's not like the, the cast's like good and stuff yeah, like the cast that. For they the do. Most part's good. And you know, the character, I don't want to say designs, but like the, the character archetypes themselves are good yeah. and interesting and hold a lot of potential. It's just that they can't fucking get the formula right in terms of, putting them in interesting situations that bring out the parts of those characters that we want to see as an audience. Yeah. Or even like, just like, and like use some of your other characters too. Like, it's so weird that we're three years in and like, I don't know who the bridge it's Reese. Reese is the the male name. And I don't know if it's the black guy or the Asian guy. (laughs) 
that's, that's, the, that's the Asian guy. There you who, go. I think Bryce maybe is the other. Bryce? Sorry, maybe it was Bryce I was thinking of. Bryce is the other guy. Either way, I knew one name earlier today. <laughs> and I knew it was one of the male characters, but I didn't know which one it was. Because they don't give either of them anything to do that. And that like that's my big, like, I'm going to bitch about Discovery, like my last thing. It's just like, Star Trek's always been an ensemble. Like, all the best Star Treks have like, eight fucking main characters that you can go to and follow. And like, you know enough about their background that you sympathize. And you know what I mean? When stuff happens to them, you're like, Oh, this builds on something else that happened before that I know. But like, when you see like this bridge crew that like, again, two males, no idea which one's which no clue. And then Detmer and Oko who like have a little bit of personality and like, I want to know more, but they just never give you anything interesting or backstory or anything on any of them. Like what was the PTSD thing? with Detmer this year that they were just like, Oh, she just needed to talk to somebody and now she's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, Jesus fucking Christ. That was, I, what the fuck was that? Like, it's like, Oh, we're going to, we're going to start building up this interesting character who like, I've been curious about for a couple years now. Yeah. Right. And then they just forget about it. Yeah. Like you're finally doing what I want you to do. You idiots. You're giving me the bridge crew, like giving me some bridge crew dynamic and now it's gone. Yeah. <sighs> All right. <laughs> Let's talk about the fun one. So Tim watched Lower Decks, which I've watched. Now I've, I've, I've rewatched it actually now. So I've watched it twice. And I was just dreading having this conversation because I figured Tim would hate it just because it's so goofy. But like, what did you think, man? I generally had fun with it. I was hesitant going into it. I do have a couple of issues with it. But like when Boimler... Boy, yeah, Boimler and Mariner. Yeah. yeah, when Boimler uh, gets like that huge gash in his leg with the bat left, like in the cold open of the first episode, I was like, "All right, I think I'm gonna like this." Yeah, <laughs> I just like that the the cold open's really good because he's doing the captain's log in like yeah. the closet. She finds him, and starts ragging on him. I'm like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, all right, I could watch this. Like, I'll be able to watch this. This is fine." Because they're making little jokes about you know Trek continuity stuff, but it's not like they're not being insulting about it. You know what I mean? It's just like. There's some times where they like border on. Yeah. They get there a little bit, but it's not. It's I. I was never offended watching this show, which yeah. like as a Trekkie, like died in the wool Trekkie, is saying something. Yeah, the references didn't didn't like piss me off or whatever. But there's a a chunk of the concept which we'll talk about later that is hard for me to buy into a little bit. I, I mean, like yeah, but I mean, part of the concept of Star Trek is hard to buy into for. A lot of people also, you know what I mean? Well, <laughs> these are yeah. these are human beings in the future that get along? Wait, what? <laughs> How does that work? We don't even get along now. So there you go. Yeah, no, that's... Um, I'm glad you liked it more than whatever. Cause yeah, I, like, I had I fun had a- with it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. Like, I'm I'm a Died in the Wool track fan. I've, I've watched it for 20 fucking five years or something like that at this point. And yeah, and yeah it was fun to have something that was a little bit irreverent towards some of that history and, and that just, you know, ragged on some of the tropes and shit like that and and confirmed some of the sort of seedier parts of Star Trek that people had, you know, all, or that the, the other series had always kind of avoided and tiptoed around and shit like that. I love the, the jokes about sex on the holodeck. <laughs> The cum filter. The cum filter was just like my favorite fucking thing. Like I was dying. Oh, yeah, they make marriage. Like it doesn't even make sense. It doesn't even make sense for that to be there. Because <laughs> like just get rid of it. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't make sense. But fucking fantastic joke. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just a good. Like I was laughing my ass off when they did that joke. And even like later, like the first officer played by Jerry O'Connell, who I love. Yeah. In yeah. this role, Ransom. <laughs> yeah, Ransom. 
uh, is talking to the captain and she's like, wait, is that what people use it for? And he's like, that's mostly, <laughs> mostly. what they, yeah, mostly what it's used for. And she's like, oh, and I was like, what did you fucking think it was used for? Like, I mean, <laughs> granted, I'm a niner. So like, I knew like they use the hollow sweets in quarks for yeah, filthy yeah, yeah. shit. Right. Like that was kind of like the joke on deep space nine, but like, they never came right out and said it. <laughs> no, they did a couple times. They for sure, they for sure did a couple times. But like the not uh, to the extent where they're talking about cleaning up. The cup, no, I mean no, no comforts and shit. <laughs> uh, but even in the fucking the the very first episode, Mariner shows the Orion crew member the holodeck program program that's like the nude gym. The new gym, yeah. And she's like, wow, this program is really detailed. And like Mariner <laughs> has her like step back first and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh Tilly, right? No, Tindy? Tindy. Yeah, no, the, Tilly, Tilly is Discovery. Tilly is Discovery. Tindy, I think, is the character from the show. Who's like uh this show's Tilly? Yeah, and Devana, I love her. Devana Tendi. Yeah. She's great. I love the, I like her and her cyborg counterpart, like the other guy who, whose yeah, name I can't uh, remember. Rother- Rutherford. Yeah, Rutherford. Like, she fuck. We didn't even talk about Osira. In oh yeah, discovery. Just, like this is a fuck. Like I after just having like the worst Orion character fucking ever in Star Trek, with yeah. a terrible makeup job that she could not fucking act through. What was weird about that? And sorry, we go back to Discovery, but we did not talk about Asira. It, like they nailed the makeup job for the Orions on Enterprise. Like they had a really good high def looking makeup job on Enterprise. Like just bring it forward. You know what I mean? Clean it up a little bit, but bring it forward. Yeah, that weird metallic like caked on shit she had. Yeah, where it didn't look like she. They were like they were. It looked like She's they were like telling her not to emote too much. And yeah, yeah. It's like don't move your face because that fucking makeup will crack or something like that. So she's like blank eyed, kind of talking about. Oh my god, brutal. And it's still stereotypical Orion, right? Like it's we're thirty fucking first century, and the Orions are still pirates. Like yeah, guys. Oh, you know what we didn't talk about the Vulcan horse shit. Oh yeah, shitting shitting on that fucking Star Trek that classic fucking lore as well to the point where they fucking like named an episode Unification Part Three. <laughs> There's a line from Picard that I used a lot in the Mister Plinkett review of uh, Picard, and it's the uh, what is it? Oh, the fuck the sheer fucking hubris. <laughs> yeah. Remember that line? Yeah. The sheer fucking hubris. Yeah. Of them to like, I mean, the Guardian of Forever is a very like a good example of that. Also, we're just like the yeah. sheer fucking hubris of like we're gonna go touch this like holy grail of Star Trek and yeah. fuck it up because this, like we this just don't beautiful give a shit. episode that ties the legacy of the original series to the legacy of TNG. Yeah, and like Leonard Nimoy is all over it, and then they use Leonard Nimoy, and it's just like this all feels exploitative and shitty. Like none of this feels good. Yeah, and, and it's not it, even it's like the Vulcans; cool. they don't even do anything. It's just like, oh yeah, it's great. The Vulcans and the Romulans reunited. But we don't fucking like you guys, so fuck off. Yeah. And like and that's the kind of how it ends until they show up at the end to be the cavalry. Because of course they have to have the big space battle where the cavalry comes in. Completely pointless this time, but the Romulan Vulcan fleet shows up yeah. in and ugly I, ships. Ugly, fucking, ugly like, ships. half forgotten that fucking Burnham was raised on Vulcan and shit by this point. That episode was so bad. And like her mom suddenly in the 31st century. Also, that was another thing that we completely forgot to mention. Like her mom made it to the 31st century also. Yeah. So that whole Vulcan episode where they. And then takes off. Her mo- her mother's there. And then it's just like, okay, bye. Yeah. I. <sighs> and they fucking like uh, pull the whole. Well, that's that same fucking like lost cause relationship between. Kirk and that young Vulcan or whatever. Now fucking Burnham's mom is pulling that same shit with her and ugh. 
Oh, yeah, all that reminded me of was the uh, the Romulan character in Picard, like the the ninja yeah, yeah, guy. Sorry, the, the Romulan. Yeah, no, that okay. Is, is, that, who well, that, is that who you're talking yeah, about? Sorry, okay, yeah, that's what it that. reminded me. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that, yeah. that seemed like it was the same thing that they were doing, wasn't it? Was it like that she was uh, adopting her, like as her lost cause or whatever? Or, or <laughs> Tim, like until this year, everything they've done so far has been an, an evil AI. Like it's three yeah. years running of evil AIs. Well, two years running of, on Discovery, and then Picard was also like it's just been evil AIs. Yeah. They they have no original thoughts whatsoever about how to like handle. Like, so now my God, like, hey, let's the opportunity to go work in Star Trek. Like the fucking lore you could plumb. Like the weird little offhand mentions of things like in the deep fucking depths of time that you could go back and fuck around with that are interesting and haven't been played with and all this shit that has been built out. And it's the same five fucking things they mention every time on that goddamn show. It's the lithium, it's phasers, it's subspace something and like Starfleet shit. And it's like, that's all anybody. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> and how the fuck can a thousand years in the future, the only way they can achieve warp drive is via the lithium. They already had six different ways to do it by the end of Voyager. <laughs> Who wrote this? Yeah, he just can't. Yeah, exactly. Let me in. Like, that let me in the writer's room. Let me in, please. I can help. Like, I can make this decent. <laughs> yeah, that fucking like Voyager warp core. I think was running off of like Neelix's shit by the end of the series or something. The Romulans have warp cores that don't have the lithium in them. They use a fucking singularity, and that was in TNG. Mm. And then they're going for me like, hey, I know if they don't have the lithium, there's no warp. Like. <laughs> yeah, but what about all the other times where you did warp without the lithium? Also, I'm pretty sure Discovery opened a wormhole at the end of season two, which is artificial, which is also a method of travel that you can use, which should be impossible because I'm pretty sure at the beginning of D Space Nine, when they said an artificial wormhole, they said they would never be able to do that in like the next two, two or three hundred years. They did a hundred years before D Space Nine on Discovery. They made an artificial wormhole. Holy fuck, learn your lore, guys. <laughs> Anyways, lower deck. Anyway. Lower decks. And all of that to come back and say that, like, I, I much preferred Tendi as a fucking Orion character. It was yes. the breath, breath of fresh, fucking fresh air after having just dealt with fucking dour ass, like, can't act through the makeup Osira. So uh, apparently there's like there's a little bit of like so the, these seasons were flipped. They were supposed to show lower decks after the season of Discovery, but it was delayed. Mm. So like they kind of borked themselves into like Mariner senior is the first black female captain in star trek when it was supposed to be no burnham burnham but they <laughs> fucked up the orders so now that's not they're like oh it's just the animated series i'm like no she's still a black female character it's fine like i've seen the actress <laughs> you know what I mean? like, it works it's fine star trek if Riker can show up in star trek as an animated character and be in like all the tv shows that character can exist in the real world and is a black woman so guess what she's the first black female captain in star trek yay not michael burnham <laughs> Yeah, so I, I and you know the, the weird part about for me with lower decks is that like I can't remember it. Like <laughs> to talk about it, it just goes in and then goes out. Well, it's, it's just like, fun. It's just, it's just fucking yeah. It's it's really digestible. Just you know, just a fucking like romp in the Star Trek universe kind of thing. Yeah. What did you think about like so like did you have like like references that you liked that they did or that you didn't like or like where did you yeah, have problems? I mean, just I, I just loved. You know, the, the, I, I don't rewatch the Star Trek as often as you do, but there was still so much, especially TNG stuff. Like it drew drew more from TNG than from anything else because it's clearly like. Set yeah, I mean, it's 
it's set it's, in like the the movie eras, basically. The the I TNG think it's yeah, it's set like post Deep Space Nine. So like it's I think it's after Nemesis, like just just after Nemesis. Well, it would have to be after Nemesis because fucking Riker's on Titan. So like that yeah, yeah it would make sense and, otherwise. And I like that kind of uh, the you know voyages and and adventures of uh, the Enterprise of well all the Enterprises, you know Enterprise original up through. E, I guess at this point have just yeah. kind of like become Starfleet legend at this point. You know, it's the stuff yeah. that like the other, you know, it, it's the flagship. So it's the, you know, the stories that get, make it to all the other ships and shit. And so almost that. to the point where you would think like Mariner senior may have served on the enterprise at some point, And that's why murder junior ha- seems to have like, she just knows so knows much Riker and like, and like, yeah, that's what I mean. Like knows Riker, but like also just knows so much about that specific. Like, it's almost like she watched the show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's almost too specific where it's like, they're going to have to, at some point be like, she grew up on the enterprise in like season from like four till seven, she was yeah. on the Enterprise D or something like that, and that's why she knows these people so. She well. was there for for uh, Captain Picard Day or something. She made, like honestly, if they did that joke, I would fucking pop for that joke. <laughs> if they did like mar- little like we Mariner and like Lieutenant Sneak, Mariner sneaking you know, booze in the corner at Captain Picard Day or yeah, like shit. like fucking smoking <laughs> weed in the corner or something like that because she's bored. Like vaping, what is that shit they had in Picard? Vaping dragon weed or something like that in the corner, <laughs> or the the Romulan whiskey that she's drinking at the start of this season oh it's romulan ale tim romulan no, ale no it was romulan whiskey i know i said whiskey and i was like guys you got it wrong <laughs> who knows we don't know that there isn't romulan whiskey they might have a romulan whiskey i i yeah. like i'm just curious i've always wanted to try romulan ale i've always been curious yeah. what's the other one stolian brandy and canar the Cardassian canar yeah but no, I, I like I loved all that, you know, the rap, the callbacks to TNG stuff, era stuff, and also just hanging a lampshade on some of that shit and being like, okay, we realize looking back that this is kind of ridiculous, so we're gonna kind of poke. Yeah, now we're gonna here, now so. we're gonna play with it a little bit. Yeah, even like the the panning, the shots they take at the panning, like uh, starship reveal shots, like the, the those really long ones that they did in the Star Trek motion, the motion picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then at the end where they're refurbishing the Cerritos, like fixing up the Cerritos, uh, the cap, what's the captain's name again? It's Mariner. Is it Captain Is Mariner? It? I no. think it's Captain Mariner. No, what's, what the hell? Like that, it can't be, right? Because then everybody would just know that they're related, right? Beckett Mariner. So Beckett Mariner is the young Mariner. And then. Freeman. That's why. Because they call her Freeman. Sure. Yeah. Okay. That's right. So where where Captain Freeman is like, you know, we can make a bunch of improvements to this. It was like, no, I want it, you know, almost exactly identical to how it was before. I like it. She's like, I don't want it all sovereign class. And I was like, (laughs) I want it all sovereign class. (laughs) That's my shit. Like the opening credit sequence. I mean, that's in like that TNG font and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then the end of the holodeck movie episode where they do the signature font or the signature oh, from, uh, credits. That's Undiscovered Country, which they, yeah. yeah. Which they do at the end of Undiscovered Country. Star Trek Six. That was really cute. The fucking, was it Peanut Hamper? Yes. The sentient exocomp from that yeah. uh, TNG episode. Oh, but man, then, that was cool. But then joins Starfleet and turns out to be a total dick and yeah. beams itself out into space rather than... Because that was like, you know, basically what they did in, in that episode, right? Was like they, the crew asked them to give up their lives. And then they were like, no, fuck it. We're going to, we'll fix your shit. We're going to find a way not to die while doing it, assholes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I, I had fun with that one, too. So yeah. the Q appearances. I, I actually see, like, got John Delancey. 
I, I thought it was so funny when he was like, go go mess with Picard. He's like, Picard just does, all he does is drink wine. Quote, and quote Shakespeare. Quote Shakespeare. I was like, that's yeah. fucking cool. I love how he just, just shows up in the middle of the aisle and they're like, fuck this, Q. We don't have time for this shit right now. <laughs> <laughs> I like there's an episode later where they like something weird happens. They're like, God damn it, Q. If this is Q nonsense, I'm going to be really pissed. But it's not Q. Yeah, and they're yeah, like, if yeah. this is a Q thing, I'm going to be really annoyed. And it's not a Q thing. But they're yeah. like yelling at Q, even though he's not there. <laughs> Which I think is a little weird that like everybody in Starfleet just, just seems to know that like Q's but, around. Yeah. And like Q will just show up and fuck with everybody, apparently. It's not just yeah. like Picard and Cisco. And I guess Picard's just got this complex that he thinks Q's obsessed with him. But really, Q's just like fucking with all of Starfleet. It, it seems like he kind of is. But he does, right? Like he, he showed up on Deep Space and yeah. like got punched by Cisco and then never went back. <laughs> and like he kept trying to pick up. Janeway over and over again and failed miserably. Like I watched those episodes, so like I don't, he's he must be getting around. I must just be bored, you know. At this point, like yeah. immortality must just be fucking dull, and he just goes and <laughs> fucks with Starfleet people because yeah. he enjoys it. I guess you think he'd go back in time and fuck with like Kirk and Spock and shit. Now that'd be an episode I would watch. It's like you fucking <laughs> with Kirk and Spock. I did like the uh, the little screenshot that they had of the, uh, the animated series. The animated that series, was, yeah. Fuck it, I died. That was the best. Like as somebody who's watched that and like grew up like I, having I that in their it head. Once. It's so bad. It but is was, terrible. Was that planet that they visited? Was that a was that storyline from the animated series or was it from a, a TOS? Oh no, no 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 that's from the that's from okay, an episode. That's what I thought. And they yeah. just used the animated series because it's yeah. an animated show. So they were yeah. like, okay, we're going to show. This is what Starfleet looked like back That was so day. fucking brilliant. I yeah. just, like, I was dying when they showed that. I was like, that's fucking perfect. Yeah. Thank you for making that canon for us all again, too, also. <laughs> well, I guess they kind of do, because, like, the, the Doctor is one of the cat people that was yeah, canon on that show. Vacation the- <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Doctor, what are they, what's her name? Uh, everybody can just, like, on Reddit called her Dr. Perlasky. <laughs> as opposed to Dr. Polaski. But I don't know what her actual character name is. Uh Jesus. I'm trying to the cast list up. It's not is it Ta'ana? Dr. It must be. Lower. And then like the oh man. See that's why I like the command crew. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh Dr. Ta'ana, yeah. Yeah. Is Julian Vigman. Yeah, yeah. Nineteen seventy two. It's not that old. Yeah. But either way. And I mean, just the all of that, like the the voice acting, you know, while we're talking about the voice actors is generally solid across the board, too. I like the 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 guests are really good. They had a couple like, uh, uh, I guess, like alumni guests that showed up and just did like stuff like John Delancey. Well, I mean, like there's John Delancey, obviously, kind of like the big one. Like that's the big get is Q. But like there is an episode like it's like episode two where the they're flinging stuff at the the Cerritos with the tractor beam. It's not the pack leads. It's earlier than that. The guy who's yelling at them is Martok, the the actor who played Martok on Deep Space Nine, J.H. Oh, okay. something. And then like the when they do the trial episode where like they they have the four main characters on trial, yeah, but it's yeah. it's actually a celebration. That that's Kurtwood Smith, right? Like that's Red from Seventy Show, who was the Federation president in Star right. Trek Six, and has done a number of other bit parts in Star Trek and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So like there's tons of people who showed back up just to do voice bits. You know what I mean? Just for this show. So I was like, because I kept recognizing voices. The only one, the only voice I'm waiting for, and I haven't seen it yet. They got to get the Combs. Like, where's the Combs, guys? (laughs) Give me some Jeffrey fucking Combs. Brunt's still alive. Hell, show me fucking Wayun again. I want to see some Wayun. More Deep (laughs) Space, guys. (laughs) The one that I caught, which isn't a Star Trek one, uh, but uh, Lauren Lapkus from Garfunkel and Oates. 
Oh yeah. Oh no, she's yeah. not from Garfield Bonus. You know, she was on Big Bang Theory, a couple other like movies and TV shows and stuff that I've watched. Oh, she was also in Orange Is the New Black as well, and she's fucking really funny. I think she she played the uh, girlfriend of Boimler that turns out was only attracted to him because of the brain parasite. No, that was that was somebody like famous, famous, wasn't it? No, because that was Jennifer was was the girlfriend's name, right? Mm-hmm. I don't <laughs> think so. Which episode was that? That was Cuban's Aaron Arrow. Barbara is the girlfriend, and who played her? It was somebody like I recognized the actress when I had looked it up. Oh no, sorry, that's the I think Ensign Jennifer is the Andorian Ensign. Oh yeah, they they keep referencing her. Like off camera almost, but like yeah, Jillian Jacobs, Gillian Jake, Gillian Jacobs. Oh, okay, okay. Played uh, Lieutenant Barbara Brinson. That's why I was like, it's not, that's not her because it's somebody who like I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's Gillian. Oh, I can never say her name Gillian properly Jacobs. anymore. Gillian Jacobs. Yeah. It's Gillian Jacobs uh, who played Lieutenant, like the girlfriend mm-hmm. character Barbara. Yeah. What else do we want to talk about here? I mean, yeah, voice voice acting is good. Yeah, especially Boimler and Mariner. They're both both their voice acting is great. I never would have fucking thought that that was uh, Jack Quaid dude, from Yeah, Jack Quaid. From, I, like I never, I never would have guessed that unless I saw the credit because he doesn't sound anything like he does in the boys. Like I, I didn't I can hear it. See, I mean, he definitely pitches it higher than he does in the boys yeah. for sure. But it's also just it's such a different situation than the boys. Yeah. That it's, oh yeah. You know that that it's it's just tonal whiplash if you try to like kind of compare yeah. the two side by side. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. The two leads are really good. I like Tony Newsom a lot. She sells her like the shtick of being Mariner, like this like kind of lost soul ensign who just likes being able to like. It's kind of one of those weird like Star Trek things to think about. Like, what if you don't want to? Like, what if you like just hanging out in space, like on a ship, but like you don't feel like you need to advance through the ranks? Like, you yeah. just have fun hanging out. Yeah. Can you just do that? And like that's kind of what she's doing. Has basically found a way to perennially just like hang out on a starship. And be good at it, I guess. But like, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Game the system and shit like that. And well, it's just funny because like she's been demoted to, like back to Ensign twice now that we know of. <laughs> yeah. Which is like not something you would hear on Star Trek normally, where like the the characters that we <laughs> well, follow generally are like like the the best of the best and always want to advance. And you're always seeing like most characters. I mean, I mean, there's always the Ensign Harry Kims who are stuck as Ensign for seven years. And then <laughs> I mean, are probably, I would fuck. That's the other one I want to see is Ensign Harry Kim showing up as Ensign still <laughs> on lower decks. Or, or just make him Admiral instantly or something like that. Although he ends up in the future. They, he's, yeah, he's a captain he's eventually. Captain, yeah. yeah, eventually. Well, I mean like that's an impossible future. That's not going to happen. Now that they made <laughs> it home. So like, yeah. I mean, there's that also, yeah. uh, I just assumed he'd be like Admiral Janeway's adjutant or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Ensign fucking Harry Kim still working for Admiral Janeway. Just just a <laughs> shitty Ensign. Cleaning stuff. her boots and shit. Just still an Ensign getting her coffee. You know what I mean? Especially <laughs> now that she has all the she can have all the coffee she wants. There's no power limits anymore off yeah. Voyager. You know, she can have coffee all day long. Crappy <laughs> replicated coffee. It's all made of our shits, you know. That was just so unnecessary. <laughs> that fucking character was so weird just having the, the Admiral? Yeah. Not, not even that. Well, I kept uh, expecting him to go badmiral on us, and then he never oh, yeah. did. But he was still like, but he, he was still kind of like milk toast. And then I was like, I have to question your judgment when you're like, yes, Saru, put an ensign in your XO position, and then we're gonna take the insubordinate girl, who's like been insubordinate like 19 times, and I've known you guys for like three weeks basically, and we've had to like talk to her five times. Yeah. We're gonna make her captain of the most important ship in the quadrant. Yeah. 
No, probably not. not. But either way, I'm trying to think of what else. I was trying like just wa- like watching the episodes last week. I was like, I should take notes so that I could talk about specific things, and then I didn't, <laughs> and now I'm fucked. I like the callback. First of all, the callback the the Packleds having become like a super species, God damn it. which was yeah. hilarious. And then like Riker's got to come in for the the fucking rescue at the end. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. I will give them like the. Uh, give me warp in the factor of five, six, seven, eight. Like yeah. that got a genuine <laughs> fucking laugh out of me that I was not expecting to happen. So like, good on you, Star Trek Lower Decks writers, because you fucking made me laugh at the end of a show when I was not expecting to laugh at all. But, and then and then uh, Freeman also like has her moment where she's trying to be like, I need something cool to say while I'm in warp. Like yeah. that's a thing now, right? Is like that captains you know sit there deliberating you know, what they're going to say whenever they want to, you know, what their engage is going to be. Again, that's one of those things that because it's flipped, like it was probably something we were supposed to yeah. take from discovery, right? Where like captains all have a thing. I watched discovery before I watched lower deck. Yeah, so, I guess. Yeah. You see, you watched it in the white, right order. order. I did. I watched, I watched it the other way. Yeah. That makes sense. So I guess since Pike, everybody's been like trying to come up with a cool fucking thing to say. Yeah. Like everybody's got like a thing. I'm trying to we, think we've, we've only seen it on screen, you know, recently. <laughs> Well, I mean, like, the only one who really had a thing that they said regularly was Picard, right? Like, Picard had engaged and make it so. But, like, the other two guys, like, I say guys, but, like, Ben and Janeway, like, they didn't have, like, a thing they said. They would just say, you know, engage or do it or whatever. Um, maybe Janeway had a thing. I don't. I haven't watched that show as much. But I, don't, I know fucking Cisco didn't. So there's that. Yeah. I think Janeway's was just do it. It might be. It's hard to say. And I, like Kirk doesn't have one. So are they going to have to like retroactively fucking shoehorn one into Kirk now? Because he's Pike's predecessor. <laughs> so when they get to the point in Strange New Worlds where they do like the transition and make the, make it just Star Trek and put Captain Kirk in charge of the Enterprise, are they going to give him like he's got a like three episode arc where he's coming up with the fucking cool thing he says? Is that where we're going with this? Yeah. This feels like what the writers of these shows are like into. You know what I mean? Like that's what they're interested in more so than like actually writing a Star Trek show. It's like, how can we make it how can we make them cool? Like, how do we give them a fucking catchphrase or something like that? Like, that's what they they want to do. Yeah, Star Trek was never about being cool. Like, <laughs> like no, this is like this is like the original fucking franchise for nerds. You know what I mean? Like, like Star Wars. Everybody always liked Star Wars. You know, Star Trek's for fucking like nerds. Yeah, and they keep making it like and trying to make it for like everybody to watch. And I'm like, Star Trek was never. And I, don't, I hate it sounds fucking elitist, but it was never for everybody to watch. Like, it just is not that it's kind of not the kind of thing everybody's interested in right like it's like a weird concept for like an action-fed group of people basically to like hey look we're gonna like space hippies basically flying out there and solving their problems by talking like that's what star trek's supposed to be hasn't been for like a decade but like that's what it's supposed to be and like lower decks is the closest thing to it at this point because they're even doing like like second contact like that's what the ship's specialty is yeah is the follow-up like <laughs> how fucking boring an assignment All could you boring, possibly get? yeah diplomatic bullshit after it's like you know a really exciting first contact yeah so like the enterprise or the defiant goes and makes like first contact with somebody and then like sends in the Cer- cerritos to like you know do back cleanup basically yeah. while they go off and like you know do first contact or fight a so, war or yeah, whatever exactly. the fuck do something interesting i guess because they have a ship called enterprise or you know the captain is captain cisco or what have you yeah, no. Uh, what did you think of the actual ship, though? Did you were you like a fan? I don't know. You're not as big into like ship design and shit yeah, as I, I am, but like I, I was, I was happy enough with the design of the Cerritos. That was kind of you know, it was somewhat 
It reminded me of some of the, um, what was it, the medical, the old medical ships. Oh, yeah. It's a little sort of chunkier and more compressed kind of thing. Yeah. And, and doesn't have like that elongated body. Yeah, it has. It it always brought to mind the uh, the Nebula class to me, which is like a the, the smaller, basically the Miranda class version of the Galaxy. You only see it in like Deep Space Nine and like a couple episodes of TNG. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it brought to mind immediately. I didn't like the spindly warp nacelles, like the long, weird warp nacelles. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I took it as like a cartoon kind of thing. I'm like, oh, they did that because it's cartoons. You wouldn't do that in real Starfleet, but yeah. every ship now seems to have that on it, so fine, I guess. And I guess we're going to get to a point where the nacelles are completely detached and float separately from the ship, which makes all the sense in the world. So, how did you feel about that? Because I was like, eh, none of that makes sense to me whatsoever. Know, the programmable matter thing was kind of cool, and I mean, that's something that people already talk about, you know, so eh, I'm, I was kind of okay with that how do you how do you funnel that much energy through it like a gap though you know what I mean? like that's what this makes like they're funneling all that energy through i'm like oh they separated the thing where they have to funnel the most energy to so you're transporting the energy to the nacelles basically isn't well, that I mean, dangerous it's still matter you know it's still ma- you know matter that they can presumably program in order to be conductive or whatever even when the nacelles are detached that's what doesn't make sense like they're detached detached from the body of the ship I'm oh like, yeah I no i guess there's no power to them when they're detached or they have their own, you know, internal backup power or whatever, maybe. But the warp core is in the ship anyway. Yeah, but they're not going into warp when the d- nacelles are detached. That's no, that's what that's the point is that the nacelles stay detached while they're at warp. That's the point of the detached nacelles is that it makes them faster, more efficient. Or I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. It's just dumb. It's just like, oh, we want to see them floating. Yeah. So, like, there you go. <laughs> Either way. Uh, but I, I mean, go, going back to the, the Cerritos. Yeah. Uh, like, generally... The, the design and the animation overall, I thought was really good. Yeah. Especially like the 3D animation that they were using for like some of the space ships shots and, and stuff. Ships yeah. and, and that kind of thing was all was all solid for an animated series for sure. Yeah. You know, more than I expected to get out of ostensibly kind of Rick and Morty in Star Trek universe. Yeah. What did you think about those elements kind of cropping in like shit like Badgie? You know what I mean? That, Badgie was pretty fucking funny. Yeah, uh, that that one we didn't mention. That's Jack Jack McBrayer from Thirty Rock. Yeah, I uh, yeah he's in, in just perfect perfect cast. <laughs> oh my god, I couldn't believe it when he started going. I was like, when's he going crazy? Because like you know that character is going to go nuts. And well, then he's, he's like, got that dead look in his eyes, so you oh, can tell man, already. So good. He's going to end up you know being the the holodeck program that fucking goes off and starts trying to kill people. Is that the episode where they kill the the security officer? Uh, is it Shax or what is his uh, name? Well, at the end, yeah, yeah, that's the the season finale where. Shaxx oh yeah, they bring yes, that's right. They bring Badgie back to yeah, do to Badgie tries to kill Rutherford and then Shax yeah. like sacrifices himself to, and that's, I mean, that's kind of where things go off the rails a little bit for me. Like I don't, I, I didn't think I was gonna get a like Starfleet funeral. In, yeah, it was a weird. fucking in a fucking like you know. In, in cartoon in Rick and Morty in fucking Star Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that was one of those things that I was like, this seems fucking out of place here for sure. Yeah. I mean it makes sense. Like it's still dangerous being a Starfleet, regardless of how goofy you fucking make everything around you. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're still like next door to fucking vacuum and shit. Like you're in a dangerous environment. But like yeah, I wasn't expecting them to be like, hey, we're gonna introduce this cool Bajoran character and then we're gonna kill him immediately yeah. i was hoping we get a little more time with them but you know i mean for the the one-time joke and it gives them all something to rally around next year i guess yeah well, well that's the thing like this 
that was one of the issues I had with it is that it never like it dials into a tone about 80% of the time. Yeah. There's about 20% of the time that it's like, okay, this is a serious Star Trek show now. Or yeah. like, this is a really fucking out of left field, ridiculous Star Trek show now. Yeah. And those are the times where I was like, okay, you guys fucking lost me for a little bit here because like, yeah. this is, does not fit in with the rest of it. Like, yeah, the pack led are a fucking joke species joke alien race like how the hell am i supposed to like take it seriously when they show up and just fucking start slaughtering entire ships yeah. of starfleet crew and shit like that and then they're talking like we will make your parts part of our parts and shit. yeah I'm like, yeah what are you uh, i don't that's I, weird this doesn't make sense to me <laughs> it was a good cold open though like that ship blowing up and stuff i was like that's fucking like it was it would have been it would have been great like fucking put that in discovery or something yeah shit. a live action show like that would have been really cool to see actually i most of the stuff they do on this show would have been more interesting as a live action show than discovery was this year though yeah. you know what i mean yeah. like if you did any of this stuff like live action it would have been a better star trek show than if i have any issues with this show is basically that it's just the orville with the rick and morty paint coat of paint mm. Like it's got a kind of a similar tone where it's like the, for the most part, they're professional, but like they're still regular people that goof off while they're working and stuff like that. Like the cartoons a little bit more like the exaggerated Rick and Morty version of that, but the Orville is the same way. And I was just rewatching episodes of that. Like maybe the cleanse my palate from discovery. I don't fucking know anymore, but it's just like, they're all pretty good at their jobs on that show. It's just that there's jokes happening at the same time. And that's basically what lower decks kind of was to me. So I'm like, it's just more Orville which is fine. Yeah. And I get that warp five, six, seven, eight joke, which fucking killed me. You know, like that was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> but and other then, than that, and Troy, like, being Oh, like, Troy. I, and like, like groaning beside him. <laughs> oh, not the jazz. <laughs> Marina Sirtis was just a fucking treasure and should be given more work. You know, she's just so fucking funny. I'm glad she was in there. Yeah. I mean, obviously they were on set for Picard anyway. So like, it was kind of a gimme to get them to do <laughs> record these eight lines. <laughs> Well, I mean, like, she had to record one line, and Frakes is, like, basically working for Paramount, or who CBS now, making Star Trek full-time. He's always there, like, directing episodes and stuff, so I guess getting him to show up. He also, uh, oh, no, he didn't do anything else. I'm still I'm looking back at Discovery. Discovery. Yeah, no, he, he he did, the best episode of the season was his this year, uh, as, as is normal, basically. Like, whenever, whatever, whichever one Frakes directs is usually the best one of the year, and it was, like, episode four, so it barely had any effect wow. on, like, the overall... He also Art. did the first. Well, he did three episodes this season, and one did of he? them was the first part of the season finale. Um, well, he can't fucking win them all when they're written like that either, you know. So, <laughs> and like Frakes did do like clock stoppers. Like Frakes thought that was a good idea too, right? <laughs> the other one was the uh, the sanctuary where they go back to Book's planet. Yeah, that was a good episode. That was the most Star Trek episode of the fucking season. And then like they didn't that because it was Frakes. It felt like Star Trek. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They should just get him to direct everything, I guess. Because at least then it kind of feels like Star Trek. So, yeah. Anything else we want to bring up about Lower Decks before we got uh, out of here? And basically just like Star Trek this year, I guess. Like yeah. That's kind of what this is. It's just like Star Trek 2020 wrap-up. You know, like there was eight fucking shows. We already did Picard. That was a goddamn nightmare. Yeah. Now we've kind of talked about Discovery Season 3. What the fuck was that? 2020? Yeah, it was. It was totally it was the beginning of the year. Paul reviewed yeah, it with it us, remember? January. Remember I forced Paul to watch that? He almost killed himself halfway through the episode. <laughs> Hell, I almost uh, killed myself halfway through that episode. But like, with The other thing with Lower Decks is, and again, this goes to kind of the, it's struggling to find its tone. There were 
definitely highs and lows in terms of the episode quality. There are a couple episodes where it's just like, okay, this entirely kind of misses the mark for me. Um, and there okay. are others where it was just dialed right in. Like uh, the pilot was gr- a great fucking introduction to the show for sure. And then like the what, second or third episode of the season, uh, the temporal edict where everybody's obsessed with efficiency. I was like, I've seen oh. this trope done in like 18 different fucking sitcoms and it's never. What, oh, the buffer time well. stuff. Yeah. See, that's so like a, a Star Trek Scotty joke to me that like, I no, like no, that episode. No, not that the one, the one where like they, uh, Mayor, or, uh, Freeman is like, okay, everybody has like X amount of seconds to get their tasks done or whatever. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. It's the oh, same okay. one. Cause she does that because she finds out about Scotty time. Basically oh, well, they right, call right. it, they call it, what do they call it? Buffer time. They call it buffer time on the show, but it's basically Scotty time, right? Where it's like, how long is this going to take you to do? 15 minutes in real time? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Two hours in Scotty time, right? And yeah, that's how and the then, ship stays and then he running. And done in 15 minutes, and then, you know, when he needs to. Has enough time to do everything else he needs to do on the ship also, because nobody's harassing him, because they think they're doing the really important thing. Or when they're, like, at red alert, and Kirk is like, how much time do you need? You know, and he says four hours, and then... Kirk says, get it done for me in one. He actually can get it done in one. Yeah, because he's Scotty time, right? <laughs> and like that's what that that whole that, see that joke worked for me because of that. At the same time, like codifying it in a, like actually acknowledging it is probably not the best idea, also, because mm. it makes Starfleet seem really unprofessional all of a yeah. sudden. Well, now that, that is my biggest gripe with this series as a whole is like I mean after three years of discovery at this point I'm like it it takes a lot of buy-in for me to think that any fucking ship in Starfleet could function with crew members that are this incompetent and bumbling and like this poorly behaved like you know put this against you know Discovery? Well, not Discovery, but like even, <laughs> even Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine. Hey, man, those comparison. motherfuckers were pros. Every one of the people who were actually crew members were fucking good at their jobs. <laughs> Captain Cisco was awesome at his job. Mm. Commander, Commander, or whatever, Major Kira, great at her job. Commander Dax, great at her job. Fuck Commander Worf, great at his job. Julian got good at his job eventually. Like, it took him some time. He was young, you know, got good at his job. Yeah. Chief O'Brien? Always good at his job. You can't say that about the Voyager crew. It's like Tom Paris and Ensign Kim, terrible at their jobs <laughs> a lot of the time. Like, bad at their jobs. Belana Torres, wow, workplace harassment, like, all the time. Like, hostile work environment engineering on the Voyager, you know what I mean? But, like, I mean, at least Tuvok and Janeway kind of knew what they were doing, for the most part. Like, Tuvok held that ship together, I'm telling you. <laughs> telling you but yeah no I, I i get you but it's just like after watching discovery who's just like well and that's one of my like something i brought up when we were reviewing like season one or two where it's like they're all just so unprofessional like it yeah. fucking breaks my brain that these people are even in starfleet yeah. tilly stamets all of them it makes no sense that any of these people are in like a military-ish organization but then you watch lower decks and you're like oh actually you know what it all makes sense it's fine <laughs> It's fine. This all makes sense. Everybody's an insubordinate in that show. So like the the one thing that's kind of unfortunate to me. And again, this goes back to what I was talking about with uh, Adira and gray being kind of written gray, especially as almost like a stereotypical trans person is why they keep writing insubordinate black female Starfleet officers in fucking back to back seasons in this case. Right. Why did they have to make Mariner you know, basically burn the, the jokey fucking version of Burnham, basically. You know, it's 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 playing to the fucking sassy black woman trope. It and totally it, is. And it, but and it's, it's so weird not when cool. 
and it's like it, and that's like it's such a modern trek thing because when we did the first black captain captain cisco's fucking awesome we did the first woman captain captain janeway's fucking awesome right mm-hmm. i mean some people i don't like her that much but like people love captain janeway and like we get to this point where we're like okay, we're gonna have a black woman and it's like it's a joke and yeah. Star Trek, real Star Trek, I'll, I'll say real Star whatever, old Star Trek, live never action. would have done that. Like, live action 90s Star Trek would never have done it that way because precedent was set. They treated Captain Sisko like a captain in Starfleet. They keep treated Captain Janeway like a yeah. captain in Starfleet. They were respected the same way Picard, Kirk, Spock, anybody was. They're the fucking captain on their ship. Race, gender, didn't matter a goddamn lick they had the four pips so like they're in fucking charge right yeah so like having yeah having twice in like back-to-back shows where like we have finally have a black woman in charge and both of them are just like horrible horrible fucking examples of like starfleet officers basically i mean freeman's not a bad i mean freeman is good actually sorry yeah mariner you're right yeah she's like freeman's actually good which is why it's weird yeah. Like where Freeman's I mean, actually seems like a competent captain, which is that yeah. nice kind of counterbalance. But at the same time, the main character of this era of Star Trek is clearly fucking Michael Burnham. Yeah. And she's not, she's, yeah, she's doing exactly what you said she was doing. You know what I mean? Like living up to that trope and it's to the detriment of the show and representation as a whole. And just like Star Trek is a forward fucking leaning franchise that does this kind of stuff. Well, traditionally, Forking this shit Fumble is embarrassing. Shit. Yeah, it's fucking embarrassing for a franchise that has always been like at the forefront of this kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Like it was 1993 when they made Captain Cisco, Captain Cisco. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that was weird at the time, and I bought in. Like he's my fucking pick. If I if you had to put me, make me pick a captain, I want to serve under Cisco. I'm coming home alive. I'm pretty sure <laughs> with him. He knows what he's fucking doing. He's my boy. But like. This other shit, I don't know, man. I don't know. Like so I said, I mean, if I was on Discovery or the Cerritos, I'd be like, transfer me the fuck out of here because these people are nuts and they're going to blow up the warp core underneath me. Okay. And I don't yeah. I don't want to die in a warp core implosion, and, you know? And that's just it. Is And so, you know, I wish that they had maybe come up with some better explanation as to why this particular ship is so fucking dysfunctional and why Starfleet would put up with this entire fucking crew period. But you almost kind of see it's like it's fleet wide, right? Because when you see the Vancouver, like their their crew's just as douchey as mm-hmm. like the crew of the Cerritos. And like the crew on the Titan, like they're cooler because they're on the Titan. Like they work for Captain Riker and stuff, but like they're still like hanging out and like, hey, what we'll to tell you about our old time stories and let's go drinking and shit. But like, they're not like breaking shit all the time and then like joking about it and stuff. We didn't see, but again, I point you to the fucking uh, precedent that is set on Discovery, where you have an entire f- fucking ship that is housed like it's like a the joke about D Space Nine being the fucking place where all the rejects got sent. No, 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 no. <laughs> they're all on Disco, all yeah. on Disco. <laughs> so I mean, and I guess that's what I what I kind of ultimately came back to was I think that this series would work better if you know what? Here's the way you do it. You know, I was talking earlier about let's have like a civilian, like a non Starfleet crew make the Cerritos subcontractors of Starfleet that they contract out to do to do the second contacts. And so they're not actually Starfleet officers like, you know, they're like kind of commissioned, but not really. They're it's like a bunch of follow. NCOs. Yeah, they're supposed to follow all the Star Trek, yeah, all, yeah. all the Starfleet rules. But, you know, half the time they're just like, ah, fuck it. You know, we're not those fucking stuff shirt Starfleet losers or whatever. So basically you want this to be Star Trek mash. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sure. Okay. 
and that, that that would allow me to buy into the fact that these people are like fucking like barely competent at their jobs kind of thing yeah a lot better yeah I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, and I know it, that it's a comedy series and it's an animated series, and I'm not supposed to take it seriously. But like, yeah. for me, the continuity nerd, you know, trying to fit this into my head, the same way that I did with Discovery season one, being like, "What the fuck is going on here? This is the yeah. same era as To, like, this is pre Tos kind of thing. Like, it doesn't yeah. make sense." I'm having, I had, you know, that same kind of cognitive dissonance trying to make this fit into the larger Star Trek continuity a little bit. Yeah. And it doesn't yeah, like attract a- that much for me. You know, there's there's just some times where I started thinking that kind of thing, you know, like maybe three or four times in the season where I was just like, eh, this is hard for me to reconcile. Fair. Yeah, no, I guess, um, I don't know, should we like rate and review? Because it's almost like embarrassing yeah. at this point. All <laughs> those little seasons of TV. So. But like final thoughts. I mean, like for final thoughts for me, it's just like Discovery is a train wreck. And I like, it, it's so easy. Like it would be so easy to get that written in a way that was like cogent and entertaining especially given the production values that they have in place so they've got like 90 percent of a good show in place we've got an excellent cast i've got an excellent good look missing the most important piece just like the part that makes the show watchable is not there <laughs> so like I, it makes me sad so like i this year discovery in particular i'm going like hard and like three out of ten like this is a this is a garbage pile and like just get get some good writers in there guys like there's got to be somebody off this shit and oh my god please like just get me somebody who likes start like i know he probably doesn't want to do it but like back up a dump truck of money and get ron moore back please please for like the love of the franchise if we need our favreau you know what i mean like we need a favreau to come in and basically save the fucking like sinking ship at this point um and then like lower decks like see lower decks for me is more like a seven and a half eight out of ten because it's just like i had fun I'm not angry about any of this. Wrecker said, you know, give me warp to the factor of five, six, seven, eight, which was fucking hilarious. <laughs> I'm going to keep fucking referencing that joke. Cause it just made me laugh. It's a fucking awesome callback to Wrecker being a chastener. Fucking yeah, dork. Fucking trombone. Fucking dork. Shit. Oh, what a nerd. What a nerd. And he's supposed to be the cool one, right? Like, oh, you always look at Riker, and you're like, Riker's the cool guy. Riker's the cool guy in jazz band, you fucks. <laughs> the, fucking, the fucking friendly poker game where they're like, we don't go all in. These are friendly games. Uh, yeah. Everybody just folds <laughs> constantly because nobody wants to offend the other officers and shit. And- yeah, see, like, at least it seems like on the Enterprise they played hard. You know what I mean? Like, Riker <laughs> was fucking, like, taking chips from people and shit, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah, so what about you, Tim? What did you think about Star Trek this year? So Discovery, I still want to like it. Like the, the we all want to so like it, man. Good. It's called Star Trek. It looks so good, and they've got such great, you know, basis in terms of the character. It's just they can't fucking figure out how to put it together right. And so I'll be a little more generous than you, or I'll say four out of ten this season. Um, it's just the lowest score you've ever given. It's it's down there. I think it's the definitely the lowest score i've ever given for star trek yeah and uh i'm right right in the same area as you are lower decks i think like seven and a half out of ten yeah it was fun i enjoyed it i'll I'll keep watching it it's not gonna this season you know it took me months to fucking finally watch it but um so it's not something that's necessarily gonna be like at the top of my viewing list it might be this year because fucking nothing else is coming out and it's animated so they can still make it yeah but that's the reason it took me so long to get to because just like for whatever reason, animation hasn't been capturing me as, as much lately, unless it's like something just fucking hilarious, like Rick and Morty kind of thing. And this has yeah. enough Rick and Morty to it that I'll, I'll definitely keep watching it. 
So yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It's just fucking, yeah, you're right. It's just fun Trek. And I just love how much fun they're willing to have with, you know, fun they're, they're willing to poke at themselves with kind of thing. Yeah. Well, we'll be back. I'm sure when Picard season two drops and we're super depressed about that also, because I'm sure it's <laughs> going to be just as good as the last season. Uh, it's time for Decred. Tim, what do you want to recommend everybody this week? Uh, I'm going to go back to comic books this week because I've uh, had a chance to catch up on some reading, including a crossover, a DC kind of old school 90s crossover that they did in like December. Uh, it was called it was uh, Justice League Endless Winter. It was like a nine part crossover. It wasn't one of these big, like huge events where it's like there's 18 different tie ins or whatever you need to buy. It was. Yeah, nine parts written by Andy Lanning and Ron Mars. So, like, a couple of old school fucking, like, 90s writers. Yeah, man. Um, Ron Mars is the shit. He always yeah. wrote good stuff. He uh, he wrote the, like, great Cal Rayner Green yeah. Lantern arcs and shit like that. Nothing cosmic, no dark multiverse or evil Batman or anything like that. It was, like, just a straight-up threat to the Earth that a bunch of heroes come together to fight against. Like, it had a bookend... Uh, like a issue one that started it off and then an issue two that kind of summed everything up it had and it they just used the regular issues they were like here this next issue of of superman is going to be a tie-in to uh endless winter and then i almost like i was toying with the idea and i know we'll be doing superman movies with you for the foreseeable future <laughs> for better or for worse i guess at this point because like we've done the best one it's all downhill from here kids <laughs> just like I was looking through Comicsology or like one of the pages where I get comics from and like I'm trying to figure out where the fuck DC is at right now. Like I have no clue where Marvel's at right now. Like I have no idea what they're doing. I don't know what's being published. I have no idea what it is. But I see the covers on DC and I'm like nothing makes fucking sense to me. Like there's fucking death metal happening over here and Batman Catwoman's happening over here and I'm like what the fuck. Future State is the next Yeah and Future future State's going on and like those books are starting to like and I was like I almost feel like I need to get Tim to do like an episode where he's just like here here's a half an hour here's where DC is in 2021 <laughs> if you want to cu- jump on i don't want i'm just curious here are the jumping on points here's the shit because it's just like it's baffling right now like like i'm looking at books and i'm like oh, i kind of want to read something because i could just finish that thor run right yeah, yeah which i highly recommend still like from last week go fucking grab jason Aaron's thor run it's fantastic but i was looking at like dc stuff and i'm like i have no idea what the fuck they're doing right now and then i went to go look at marvel shit and i was like I don't even know. I don't even know what any of these books are anymore. Like, yeah. what the fuck's an axe of swords? Is that from, is that Hickman's? I, I don't know what any of this shit is. So I'm like, I got to go do some like reading and yeah. figure out where the fuck all my characters are. Like, I don't this know where Wolverine is. is. Story you might Where's like, Wolverine? It, yeah. This is a story you might like too, because it, I mean, it's not like ground level kind of thing, but it does have, it brings um, black Adam kind of back into things for the first time in quite a while. Nice. Uh, which is, you know, he, he has some great moments in it. And one of the, cause he doesn't have an ongoing right now. So they just did like a one shot with him in the middle of it. How do they not have an ongoing for him going right now when they have the fucking rock in a movie getting ready for like well, two years from now? They had like, that Jeff Johns oh series that they could have brought him into eventually, but it ended up getting kind of canceled as, as part of the implosion that happened earlier this year when COVID yeah. shut comics down for like two months. Well, I mean, to be fair, I think it's little like given what's going on in the corporate world as little Jeff Johns as possible being attached to this stuff right now is probably for the best. Sadly, like given like he's such yeah. a good writer, but like, he's a great, fuck, right? yeah, what a he's, dick his, yeah, whatever. Well, that's, it's so weird. Cause I don't know what to think about him right now because like we're getting allegations Conflicting, that he, yeah. well, that, that he and Whedon did something but we yeah. don't know what the actual allegations are. So it's so hard to 
make a call on that. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. I agree. But just, you know, it's but shitty. There's also some great Swamp Thing moments in it. There's, um, you know, it's it's a number of different artists because it is ha- happening, sort of weaving through multiple different series. But the majority of the art was really good. The art in the framing one shots was good. And then at the start of each story, there was like a flashback part to it that happens like a thousand years previously. And the first few issues or uh, pages of each issue that's tied in has the same artist. I can't remember who it was, but that artist was really good as well. So. Yeah, it was an interesting, interesting story that really just felt like, you know, a story from, you know, a crossover, like limited crossover story from the days when you and I were reading comics. You know, it didn't have to involve every single fucking book, but, you know, they just pulled in the books that made sense to pull in. Nice. Yeah, that would be, I mean, that, that's kind of the way Marvel used to do things. I wish they would do it more that way as opposed to like, hey, we're doing an event and now whatever you're reading in Spider-Man, even though he's not really involved in the event, he's going to show up because he's Spider-Man. So we're going to fucking take over Amazing for three issues into a side story where you're like, I don't give a shit about any of this. I want to read the fucking main story. God, why Spidey in this? Aside from the fact that you want Spidey in everything because he's Spidey. Anyway, uh, so my geek cred for this week, I was going to recommend a YouTube channel, but like at the end of the day, it gives shit. You can fucking unplug. You know what I mean? Like the doom scrolling can end a little bit, I think. And I think that's kind of what my geek cred is this week. My recommendation, unsubscribe from your politics subreddit. I did. Unsubscribe. <laughs> Don't look at the news for a couple of days. You can probably go a week now without looking at the news. Why? Because there's a Democrat in power. I don't know why we keep having to fucking repeat this shit every fucking like 10 years. But like, we can all relax our balls again and just, you know, bitch about Star Trek. On one side, I agree. On the other side, the like QAnon meltdowns right now have been really entertaining. I mean, hey man, and I'm all on board for like Bernie memes and shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you were, you were there with me yesterday when I was fucking dying through the yeah. Bernie memes. Like I was just like on board. Everything that man does fucking gold yeah. me. I love Bernie, Bernie. Inauguration outfit. Mittens I Bernie? Yeah, I love Mittens Bernie is fucking... Like, it's like Bernie's, Bernie's dressed like this this thing is part of his schedule, but it ain't his whole day. <laughs> yeah, uh, the best fucking line I saw was like the when he, the, the picture of him super slouched into the chair is Bernie practicing uh, Jewish yoga, and it's a uh, man waiting for wife at mall. Yeah, that's the pose. <laughs> I was like, yep, I'm in, I'm on board. I'm on board because <laughs> that's exactly the fucking body language that we all have when we're waiting for our wife at the mall, our girlfriend, or whatever the fuck. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I was on board. But yes, I agree. Like we gotta got remain vigilant. Obviously, like Trump, we don't know what he's gonna do and all this other shit. But like, by and large, like you can take a week off now and not fucking worry that like the world's gonna implode around you and you won't know it. I think, right? Like keep an eye on your COVID numbers and shit. But like, just don't look at politics for a couple of days. It's over now. It's over. <laughs> It's over. It's like taking the world's biggest shit. It's a giant 300-pound orange bad two-page shit. <laughs> and it's over. Greasy, too. Like, McDonald's greasy. So, yeah. solid. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This has been episode 235 of Dance Robot Dance. If you haven't already, please subscribe. You can do that from any podcasting app uh, you choose via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. If you have any thoughts about what we talked about this week, uh, whether it be the news or the sad sorry state of affairs of star trek i'm always more than happy to bitch about star trek with you guys just you know let me know either way uh if you have any thoughts about any of that you can hit us up on facebook facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast 
on Twitter at DRD underscore podcast, or you can email us your thoughts at dancerobotdancepodcast at gmail.com. I'm Mark. You can follow me on Instagram at MT underscore Willette. Uh, on Twitter at M underscore Willette, and you can buy a print at blackringgallery.com. Commissions are open. Direct message me for details. I've been here with my fucking XO, whatever you want to call it, Tim. Make it so. My 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 second in command, Tim, here. <laughs> we'll be back next week, I guess. Hit it. Superman 2. Oh, we're doing Superman 2 next week? I'm excited now. All right, guys. <laughs> Engage, basically, is where we should be at the end. That's the best one. That's always going to be the best one. Hit it's good. Me award, give me a warp five and a yeah. five, six, seven, eight. Seven, eight. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> that one's good, but... But then what if what if you they actually set it to warp eight when you really wanted warp five? It's not really a clear direction. No, not at all. But that's like, why it's not the best. Just give me warp somewhere between five and eight. That's why engage is the best. Because he's already <laughs> given you the order and he's just telling you in an assertive manner to do the fucking job. Catch Picard, <laughs> still the boy. You know what I mean? I mean, the show sucks, but like back in the day, still the best. Anyway, <laughs> we're out of here. <laughs>